0: Hey, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about contact? I am, because after all, we, we are, are the, the watchers, watchers of, of movies. So I went out last night oh. to uh, meet up. Yeah, and I was talking to this dude. And he, and I was mentioning the podcast and everything. Cause he's like, we were talking about like what I want to do for a job. You oh, know? sure. He's, he's like, what's your ideal, like, what's your ideal job? Like if, if, if nothing was holding you back, nothing. And I'm like, well, I would love to live off of just being a podcaster. Like how amazing would that be? Yeah. And so he's like, ah, oh, he's like off the top of your head name like two movies that you would recommend and so i was like and i always think of american beauty first like always so i'm like american beauty and then i was like trying to think of one and i'm trying to think of one and i knew there was one like floating around in the back of my mind like like come on come on you know you want to pick me and i couldn't think of what it was so i was like i would also recommend pan's labyrinth that's good that's a good one yeah So I'm driving away later and I'm like, Elizabeth Town. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you were thinking of. And and I was so disappointed that I didn't get to tell him. So I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna remember this. And next time you're gonna tell him. I probably won't remember because it's me. But I was like, you're gonna remember this. And then next time you're gonna go up to that guy and you're gonna go, Elizabeth Town. That's the other movie I
1: recommend. The ultimate flattery is if he says, Hey, I watched at least one if not both of the movies you recommended like if you watched at le- if you watched one I would be like my head would explode and- right? oh my gosh I can't believe that you has watched happened it to me before, it feels though.
0: good right it does yeah and someone's like hey I watched that movie you recommended and I really liked it and I was like oh my god thank you yeah. I know I didn't have anything to do with it but
1: Well it feels good
0: Academy Award up here.
1: (laughs) No, it feels good when you recommend something and people are like, Okay and they actually watch it. I don't know. It's nice. Oh totally. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so it was just it was like Is he somebody you've never met before? I never met him. Oh, that's exciting. I actually don't remember his name anymore. So Uh Oh well if he listens to this episode he'll be so offended. (laughs) Oh
0: no. (laughs) It was like maybe Greg or Henry or like (laughs)
1: It was maybe any
0: name. You it could was,
1: literally name any name. It could be Cornelius for all I know. <laughs> I it hope. was
0: probably not Cornelius because I feel like I'd be like, Cornelius, that's a really interesting name. It,
1: yeah, the good thing about having unique names is they are memorable. But yeah, that's yeah. very true. Very true. Yeah. yeah.
0: There was a, uh, speaking of, of names, so I was watching, um I had a friend over on Halloween weekend and we watched Friday the 13th, the, the original and then the part two. And the first one was so boring (laughs) like it was there is a scene where I swear it's probably only five minutes long but it lasted for like 20 minutes and I kept going like what is this scene gonna end because it was like this girl and like all these people are dying out there all of her friends are dead and she's just like casually making like tea and looking kind of anxious but it was like the anxiety that I would feel like on a regular day (laughs) you know it wasn't like the anxiety of like am I next? Am I the one that's going to die next? It was just like, I'm just going to make some tea and I'm going to pour some sugar in there. And it was like the longest scene and it was so boring and so, like it had absolutely nothing to do with the plot. And so like I'm glad I watched it and I actually own them both because I bought them when I was like going to do like a Halloween like thing and then, you know, the pandemic happened and a bunch of other shit. But um, the second one's a lot better. I mean... It's a, it's better. It was, <laughs> it's like a lot better. They're very campy. Sure. Yeah. But um, have you ever seen them?
1: No, I, I've seen uh, Freddy vs Jason, and I believe there's a movie called like Jason X that came out. I think so too. And the only reason I saw those is because when I was working at the movie theater, we, I just like a lot of times would just see crappy movies because you could see them for free and they would give us like employee sneak previews the night before the movie opened too. So I saw a lot of movies that way where it's just like the novelty of seeing a movie early. And so I, Jason is so dumb. Well, not that the rest of them are smarter, like a Freddy Krueger. I don't really care about either, but like Jason is like, isn't he really angry that people have sex and do drugs? Is that his, his thing?
0: So like the first movie, it's not, he's not even the killer. It's his mom, Mrs.
1: Oh, he's. Yeah. Wow.
0: So <clears throat> she's, yeah, so she, what happened is she, um, I guess, assumed or something that he had drowned at this camp, Camp Crystal Lake, and um, that like all these. Like, these counselors were, like, having sex and not watching him, whatever. Oh, I see. Oh, the original had Kevin Bacon in it. Like, a very young, mm-hmm. like, 21-year-old Kevin Bacon. I was like, what? Um, but I didn't recognize anyone else for that movie. But, um, <clears throat> and she's like, they were having sex and all this stuff while my son was drowning. But then, like, he's still alive or whatever. So, I she guess didn't know he that he was still alive. Drown. They never explained that. They literally never went into that.
1: So so it was like a like, massive okay. plot
0: hole. <laughs> yeah, it was a massive plot hole. So then the second one is Jason.
1: Oh, wow. So when, yeah. the, when the franchise first started, Jason wasn't actually going to be the killer? No. And then they made a lot of money, and then I And I think his
0: mom died. Oh. Maybe. She might have not even died. It was honestly, it was a pretty forgettable movie. So. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I kept, what I was going to say is... I kept calling um, the characters by like the wrong names. I was like, Brenda, turn around. and and Emily would be like, her name is Karen. And I'm like, whatever. Who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) She looks like a fucking Brenda. I was like, I don't even care about this character. Uh, And I kept like changing her name. I was like, Kate, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Rhonda. (laughs) Well, that's the best part. Like, that's the fun part about watching ridiculous movies like that is if you're watching it with people who kind of taunt it the right. same way yeah so you know,
0: like one of them like she was in this like bathroom or something and she like turns around sees mrs Voorhees, and like it was like one two three four ah! <laughs> i was like okay and then she got stabbed i was like you probably could have ran away yeah that time that you were debating whether or not you wanted to scream. she was like should
1: i scream or should i run away
0: <laughs> like i'm know. just gonna get stabbed instead <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad, pretty yeah. terrible. I, I don't know. This, like the, the interesting thing about those movies is how they can make so many of them and they make money just because spooky season is such a, oh yeah, very specific feel well, it's that like people all, like, are the
0: insidious and like Conjuring. Like those mm-hmm. are all crappy, but people for some reason love them.
1: You know? Yeah, I feel like, uh, The Conjuring is a little bit classier than friday the 13th but yeah yeah <laughs> no
0: i would actually agree with you even though i don't like possession movies um th- i would say that movie's a little bit creepier
1: yeah and-, and like the paranormal activity movies are the same idea but done way more creatively and i love the paranormal also there's like movies. a lot of slut shaming in. yeah and maybe even calling it slut shaming is shameful like there's a lot of just, like, sex shaming in those movies where yeah. the minority and the person who is sexually active dies usually, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's kind of a weird concept. It's like a
0: cabin in the woods. Did you ever see that one? Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, the, they were like, the slut has to die and then the virgin's gonna, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, yeah, it, it's it's weird. It's, like, it's bizarre. There's, like, rules to,
1: like, who who dies first or whatever well and that's yeah like scream is interesting because they the satire talks about that so
0: yeah no i love i love scream scream's my favorite slasher series but it's my favorite because it's satirical yeah rather than taking itself seriously like it's definitely like because isn't like one of the first things they say the killer say like the first one is like people don't kill because of like they're psycho they kill because of like shows that get canceled or something like don't they say something i don't remember that but maybe maybe. i I might be i might be um conflating that with like something from community it's totally possible because (laughs) they kind of like like whatever anyway um so then we watched the 2018 halloween yeah and halloween kills so that was kind of fun.
1: Scary movie weekend. Yeah. yeah. I liked,
0: I like Halloween. Um, I like Michael Myers is like really terrifying as a character because he like doesn't die. And the thing. Okay. So like in Halloween kills, like spoiler, are you going to see this movie?
1: No. Okay. And even if I was, I don't care. <laughs>
0: okay. I mean, it's. If you've seen one, you've seen them all, pretty much. Yeah, but, I've and- seen the first
1: Halloween. Oh, okay, okay.
0: So you've seen the original. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. So in this one, it's you know it's with Jamie Lee Curtis and everything. She's in the 2018 one. And uh, oh yeah, is
1: Josh Hartnett in the 2018
0: one? No, not Josh Hartnett. Isn't
1: he in one of them? Halloween H2O.
0: Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: he's in one of them. Uh.
0: Anyway, so he like in the in Halloween kills he gets like attacked by a mob of people and like any normal person would have maybe not died from those injuries, but they would have been damn close to death. You know, like they would have been unable to stand up. This dude just stands up and like fucking kills everyone around him. And the thing that always gets me in these movies is like, yeah, you've incapacitated this person for a second, but if they are murdering every single one of your friends, cut off their fucking head or shoot them in the head like do something where their brain is so damaged that they can't come back to life you know and like they just like they'll like whack them in the back of, with like a like baseball bat and be like I'm just gonna go upstairs and take a shower naked now
1: um, <laughs> you know? I think it's annoying because Michael Myers doesn't have any supernatural abilities he's just a man
0: well except for he's like super
1: strong but like he's just a mental patient
0: well, so in Halloween Kills, there's like this whole di- this whole monologue that Laurie Strode says that she's like, he is beyond the strength of a regular man. He's like, he's something special. He's unique. He. So, but there's no. You never, like, get the impression of him being like a super human or anything like that or super villain. Yeah, or that's whatever.
1: a weird. That bothers me because I don't remember that in the original Halloween. He was just like a psycho kid. Right. And then he turned into a psychotic adult who, yeah, but he wasn't like super strong or he wasn't like lifting weights in the asylum and just, you know (laughs) what I mean? So that's kind of weird and annoying.
0: Yeah. And like someone can be, someone can be naturally very strong. Sure. Like, sure, sure. His strength. For him going around and killing everyone could totally be plausible but when someone beats you almost to death and
1: you just walk like and you get up and you're fine Mm -hmm. like come on also there's just like i don't think anybody i mean unless you're like andre the giant maybe but i still think like fighting ability has to be taught you know you don't just like come out of the womb knowing how to like defend yourself properly amongst i don't know it's too far fetched of course it's far fetched it's about a guy who like goes around and kills people indiscriminately <laughs> but i just think like that's annoying to mm-hmm. me because something that's interesting about Michael Myers is that he's j- just a human he's not right. like Freddy Krueger and but oh well
0: <laughs> yeah it's like they can't die like i don't i don't know yeah. i mean i get wanting to continue the franchise because it, it is so popular but there's also like a lot better ones like Slasher, like Candyman. Candyman is a great movie. And it talks about like racism and um and equality, like inequality and stuff like that. And I like Candyman is great. I need to rewatch that because I really, really want to see the new one. I'm like super excited about it. Um, but I haven't seen the original one in a long time, so I'd want to rewatch it. But um <clears throat> yeah, I don't like. And the Candyman is like a spirit. So he was a guy that had died or he had been killed. He was like lynched in like the 50s. Oh, geez. I
1: didn't know that. Yeah.
0: It's a really fucked up story. Like he like, I think he was in love with, because he's a black guy. He's played by Tony Todd. So he was a a guy, uh, the Candyman was born in the late 1800s, was the son of a slave. And he fell in love and impregnated a white woman. And so her father sent a lynch mob after him. And they cut off his hand, his right hand, and they smeared him with honeycomb. And um, all these bees, like, stung him to death because that's what his association is, is, like, honey and bees. He has, like, a hook on his hand. And basically they uh, burned him and, like, scattered his ashes where this building was later built. And he, like, was haunting the building. Jeez. Yeah, so it's, like, a very, like... It's definitely a movie that is focused more on like like society and like their relations with like race and everything like that. So it's a it's like an interesting movie. It's a very interesting movie, and I'd recommend it. I think it's a great slasher film. It's a lot deeper and goes you know like it's not like a bunch of just like angry white dudes that are running around like, and like middle class people. white children <laughs> getting killed <laughs> yeah, by guys. Like yeah. Psychotic. Yeah. Um. So it's a. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely, you know, but that one, I feel like it's popular, but it never reached the level of popularity that, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. And I've never seen the, oh no, I've seen the original. Actually, I've seen a couple of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, um, but I have the new one with Jackie Earl Haley. I like that one. I like him a lot. So Hmm. I don't know. Every, everything I've seen him in. I I love that actor like he was in Little Children and he was he was a pervert in that. <laughs> he was a pedophile in that one and I thought he did an amazing job that was actually my first introduction to him as an actor and then I saw him as Rorschach in Watchmen and I was like fuck this guy's amazing and then I saw him as Freddy Krueger and and I was like I love this guy you know but a lot of Triple people like
1: that movie so yeah oh really yeah I didn't even know he was he played Freddy Krueger so yeah he did yeah. interesting
0: mm-hmm. anyway so how are you doing
1: I'm good you're good I'm good Today is my birthday it's your birthday well, that's pretty cool she also shares it with uh,
0: King Charles II of Spain. <laughs> Claim to fame. Yeah, me and yeah, King Charles
1: II of Spain. Yeah,
0: The most, um, the product of a lot of incest. <laughs> a lot yes.
1: Of incest. <laughs> His photo is very telling of that.
0: Yeah, has got the Habsburg <laughs> jaw. And those paintings, they were showing a flattering side of him. So he probably looked way worse. Yeah. In
1: he was probably a mess. Yeah.
0: He was probably a drooler. I feel like he drooled a lot probably I just feel it deep in my soul that he drooled a lot and like oh
1: yeah no <laughs> It is is like really gross to me I'm like Ugh. I don't want to think about it but yes um it's going good last night I hung out with my friends Phil and Lindsay and mm-hmm. Mike came as well oh that's fun and <laughs> so we were just hanging out like because the Great Bridge Baking Show has new episodes every Friday and so we watched the new episode of the Great British Baking Show together. Mm-hmm. And then they said, and then we played a board game and then they were like, you want to play another game or do you want to watch a movie? And I was like, I don't know. And they said, well, why don't you pick a movie? Cause you know, you're the, you're you're the birthday girl. And I was like, oh, okay. So I made them watch uh, a movie from the nineteen sixties called Father Goose. Have you ever Yeah, you've told me about okay. that one. And uh with
0: that uh, Carrie Grant, yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah.
1: Leslie Caron. Mm-hmm. And uh it was fun. I had fun because I've liked that movie like my whole life and Phil had seen it before, but Lindsay hadn't and Mike hadn't did they like it? They were they had the response to it that I expected where it amused them in parts, but it wasn't like a movie that they would pick out, you know? Okay. And, that's, <laughs> and it's actually, like, about what I was expecting, because I'm fully aware of that movies from the 1960s, especially this movie, which was, like, a comedy, a romantic comedy from the 1960s, it's it's they're not always easy to watch, because they have, like, pacing issues, and some of the jokes are, like, dated, but yeah, it's amusing. It's, it's just, like, and it's a unique movie, because Cary Grant plays a man who is uh on like an uninhabited island in the south pacific where he has to radio in if he sees japanese planes flying overhead just to tell him like oh i see five bombers heading southwest you know stuff like that and then hijinks ensue because leslie Karen plays a like a boarding school teacher who's trying to get like six girls to safety but they get marooned on the island with him and you know and it's you know it it's, cute it's uh there's some interesting dated jokes in it that I was like, oh, wow, I did not understand this joke <laughs> when I was a kid and I watched this movie, you know, but so it was fun, though. It was an exciting night. We had little cakes and stuff, so that was cool. Oh, that's and cute. Yeah.
0: Yay. And then I, I got her a little present. I got her the tiniest, tiniest little thing of Nutella. It was so cute.
1: It's a tiny glass <laughs> jar, too. And I appreciate when... Even little jars are glass. So,
0: yeah. I was so excited about it. I went up to some random stranger in the, in the store and went, look at this little thing of Nutella. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I got other stuff too. <laughs> you know, not to brag, not to <laughs> braggadocious. Braggadocious. <laughs>
1: totally braggadocious
0: man i love that word braggadocious i don't think it's a real word but it's it's the best i don't know it's just funny yeah i I've, you know?
1: I've used it before as if it is a real word but i don't know
0: <laughs> i mean really like any word could be a real word at this point there's like so they're you know they're updating the dictionary all the time to include all this new slang so
1: they are doing that yeah you yeah. and shakespeare <laughs> Yeah
0: or uh steve miller band
1: oh what yeah. what did they invent? uh
0: what what is it the uh, the pompatus of love oh that's not a real word interesting <laughs> yeah or whatever he <laughs> says anyway <laughs> either way it's not a real word yeah pompatus of love <laughs> Yeah, something <laughs> anyway
1: so do you, you want to talk, talk about out the, the movie? movie what you first me <laughs> So, before we start, here's just a brief synopsis from Google. Uh, It is an adaptation of a Carl Sagan novel, which is by the same title, Contact. Dr. Ellie Arroway, played by Jodie Foster, races to interpret a possible message originating from the Vega star system. Once first contact with an extraterrestrial intelligence is proven, Arroway contends with restrictive national security and religious fanatics bent on containing the implications of such an event an incredible, incredible message is found hidden in the single. Single, signal but will, will airway, airway be the, the one, one to, answer to answer its call mm-hmm. that's, that's
0: good yes yeah
1: i had tried to read it before but i couldn't
0: <laughs> or not read it but i was trying to say it
1: the synopsis yeah, yeah. i was
0: just like right is that
1: right it's, it's like a multi-layered movie so it's hard it to is. just give a, yeah. a synopsis because there's just so much going on so and it's it's carl sagan and Andrew, yeah yeah yeah. I think the book is, like, technically by him, but the screenplay, they both worked on, right? Right. I, I'm not sure. It's something <laughs> like that, but yeah, it's she exactly. is both of them. She is
0: part of it, though. Um, so, I, like, was, I was very, like, um, excited about the fact that it was a Carl Sagan book, because I'm, like, I just, I, like, just love, like, Cosmos and everything, and he was, like, part of that and everything. So, it, it was very exciting for me. So, yeah, do you want me to, like, well, so how did you feel All about right, the well, movie? I,
1: <laughs> I really want to, because this movie was, like, I really wanted us to do this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to know your thoughts. Before okay. Before hear, you hear my thoughts, I want to know what you thought of the movie.
0: Okay. Um, it made me very emotional. Like, I had a surprisingly very emotional response to it. Um, I really liked it. It held my interest from the moment it started like it, like I was lying on the couch, but I was like half leaning forward because I was like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> you know. Um, I thought that the, I was very surprised for some reason at how good the chemistry was between uh, Matthew McConaughey and Jodie Foster. Like I, I was like, this is excellent chemistry. Like you like they met for the first time, but they were so comfortable with each other. And I was like, thank, like, ugh, love it. I love good chemistry and I love Jodie Foster. So uh, overall, like, I mean, you can't go wrong with this movie, honestly, like Carl Sagan and like good chemistry and it has to do about space and stars and Jodie Foster's in it. So I really, I really liked it
1: i'm so happy i'm so happy you really liked it <laughs> yes because i was i was kind of nervous because it is um a little bit of an offbeat movie in a, in the best of ways but it's yes i agree i really like this movie too i i've seen it multiple times throughout my life but um mike really likes this movie and he has the book and and he and i when we first started dating we i we watched it together at his house and so this is what I was going to tell you about. So prior to you watching it, I told you that Mike also feels this way, that the watching contact is best to like really hone in on the audio as well, because mm-hmm. the audio is so important and it's so well done and the sound design is so good. So I told you to make sure that you, cause I know you and like I to did. watch movies with like low volume. Yeah. This has like so many cool sound moments. So Mike has a really nice setup with like really nice speakers and watching it at his house, uh, the scene when she first hears the transmission, like gave me chills. Like it's so powerful to watch it on like big right. speakers. Cause it's such an like, it, kind of like a jarring noise and it's kind when of, she's creepy. like
0: half asleep when she hears it too. And then she's like, what?
1: What? (laughs) What am I hearing? Yeah. And it's creepy to think about like this signal coming from outer space from potential alien worlds. And like you have the big shot of, like, the the satellite dishes all kind of moving. And, and, like, big, heavy machinery, like, moving slowly is has its own sort of, like, unsettling nature. Yeah, it does. It totally does. Yeah, Yeah. so, like, that whole thing. And then it's so good because she, like, hears it. You hear the noise. And she jumps in her car and she's, like, yelling into the radio, like, saying, like, the coordinates of how to find it. And she's like, does anybody hear me? And she's speeding through the desert trying to go back to the little building. And I just... That scene is so good and I love the sound design of that scene. I love the sound of the noise and I just, I think it's, it's so fun and powerful. And, and also, I also really like Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey and I think it's, it's a great story and it's interesting because it's not like an alien movie, right? Right. Because you're not sure when when the movie is going. As the movie ca- progresses, you're not sure what is going to happen. Like, and there's it a lot of has
0: like. Sorry to interrupt you, but it kind of has the same vibe and feel of Arrival.
1: Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very similar. Yeah. yeah, and so it's not like you don't know what's coming. And then, uh, by, uh, I have to say this. So Phil, who I hung out with last night, said something that I didn't think about, but that it came out the same around the same time as Independence Day. Oh, yeah. So he that's thought right. that maybe people were just slightly disappointed that the end, you know, it wasn't like an alien movie. And I didn't put that together because I didn't think about them coming out near each other. But, yeah, it does... It's, it's way more thoughtful and oh, yeah, for sure. deep than an alien movie. But it is also kind of an alien movie, but it's more just a story about, like, science and space and what contact would be like, you know. And, and, well, I- and
0: there's, a, there's, like, a big emotional component, too, mm-hmm. you know. And, I, and one, of, one of the things that I really love about this movie is that it's basically, like, saying, like, religion. And I'm not a religious person, but religion and science can go hand in hand. And I have, I've said that for years, I, that I believe that religion and science can go hand in hand without one, you know, jumping over the other, or trying to dominate the other one. And it could still be a peaceful thing, you know what I mean? And so I really liked that they had that aspect and that, that made me really happy actually. And it was just like, I don't know, there's like, for me, this, this movie was very emotional for me. So Anyway, what were you sorry Yeah, no, that's,
1: that's something else I was going to say is I liked how there's forever in the movie, there's forever a battle almost between science and religion, but not a battle. Like you said, like they both, like both science and religious people in these movies have like experiences that tell them that what they're focused on is ve- like validates their focus. Like right, Matthew McConaughey right. has an experience of God and uh, Ellie has an experience of science and, and, and and it's like forever this battle because no side has concrete answers like you know what i mean like faith Mm -hmm. the the even the word the very word faith the definition is that you're like believing things you don't see and science is and mike pointed this out which i thought was a really good point is like science perpetually uh i can't remember what word he used but he's like perpetually science is that you never have the answers you're always willing to uh, accommodate new hypotheses and new theories and new things. And you never get you, – you never reach this, like, concrete answer almost, you know. And, and Mike pointed that out, and I thought that was a really smart thing. Like, so both sides are questioning the same things in different ways, and it's a very interesting battle or balance, however you want to say it, in the movie how science can never fully comfortably explain something and faith can never comfortably – you know, because you both – both groups you have to sort of just go on the basis of like faith for lack of yeah, a better yeah, word yeah. you know totally, so yeah. yeah
0: yeah I did really like that and um I I wanted to talk about like and I we had mentioned this scene before because this so I have never seen this movie I thought that I had but I have like never seen this movie <laughs> except for the only scene that I have seen is Jenna Malone running up the stairs, like. I like have goosebumps because that was the most like I rewound that scene, I think a bunch of times because it is an incredible shot, like running up the stairs and then you can see her reflection in the mirror like just any like any of our listeners just look up like Jenna Malone mirror scene contact because you'll you'll find it I'm sure like and it's it's I was like, how do they do that like that is amazing and i it's 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 just like I, I saw it, I think, on like a one of those like countdown lists where they're like the best shots in like films or whatever. And that was like one of them. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. Like this is like just the stuff that they can do with film is, I mean, it's so clever, you know, mm-hmm. like learning how um, what I thought was an interesting one was learning how they uh, film someone in a mirror so what they do is they have the actual actor like it's like a, a set like a like a board or whatever like a, you know and the actors on the other side of the mirror oh yeah then they have like a body double so that you can just see the back of the head but you and so they like move in time with each other and I was like what a fucking cool way to do that you know because it looks real you can't tell you know mm-hmm. and I I thought that that was super cool and then there's like a scene in Terminator, I think, or Terminator 2, where um, Linda Hamilton is like patching like Arnold Schwarzenegger up or whatever. And she has a twin. So her twin sister is on the other side of this mirror. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. And I was like, that's fucking cool. Like, I, I just love it. Anyway, so I, I, I thought that that shot was spectacular it was very cool and I like and I it like just made my little like movie heart so happy and exciting so I was like what oh my god yeah it's
1: pretty incredible and the special effects are so like you don't even realize that it's special effects you know it's it's yeah. so cool yeah and it's just it, it's like the reveal that it's in the, that you're looking in a mirror is as shocking as the reveal that she made contact with alien. (laughs) I know that's so well done. It's
0: it's very well done. And, um, I love that she had like a good relationship with her dad and everything. And so there's like an emotional component there with the father. Yeah. Um, and everything like that and, and just you know finding out that he like had died a couple of days later or whatever like she's like nine years old and it's just i mean just devastating you know lost her mom and i i read the wikipedia page for the book and the book is a little bit different like her mom was still alive um and the dad passes away and so she goes to live with like the mom and the stepmom or, or the stepdad or whatever uh, but uh i mean I think what probably happened was I just couldn't include everything. And so they just decided to go with that instead. But
1: yeah, I think they made a good choice because you don't so, want too. it to be bogged down with like too much of her childhood. Right. You just want to see like what got her from point A to point B. Yeah. And well, and it's a two and a
0: half hour movie too. So it's like, yeah, there's only so much you can include, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I really, I really liked it. I'm I, so glad. I'm so glad I, you liked, <laughs> I really it. liked it. I really liked it. I, I uh, actually finished it and I was just laying on the couch and I was like wiping away tears. Like, oh. It really, it really affected me like very much. So it was, it was a good thing. And I have like this emotional attachment to Carl Sagan for some reason. <laughs> so I think that was part of it too, you know? Yeah. Um.
1: So something I, something I really liked about Ellie's character is that she has an interest in the stars, from the beginning which her dad sort of instilled in her which is cool but then when her dad dies uh she's sitting on the porch and the like the priest comes out of her house from like like a funeral like after funeral luncheon sort of thing and he Mm -hmm. comes out and he says something like like sometimes we don't know why things happen you know but god has a plan or something and she says to and i really like this because she says to him like like she didn't even really hear what he was saying because I think what he was saying was the wrong thing for the time. No matter what, I yeah, think.
0: Yeah, I agree with that too. And it's like you know, her she's a kid, and her dad. Just yeah, died, and, you know, so. And
1: she said, "Next time, I should keep some. I should have kept some medicine in the on the downstairs bathroom so oh, I could have yeah. got to him faster." And I really like how that is perfect motivation for somebody to lean towards, uh, like the way. <sighs> The way she has such a tenacity and stubbornness about her field of study is just, I think, illustrated really well in how she's, as a child, she's like, you know, I could have probably fixed this if I had just done this. And it's not like her fault, you know, like it's nothing. She didn't do anything wrong. But I like how that sort of illustrated as her as a child versus how tenacious she is as an adult. And I think that that's, not always easy to do to show that sort of thread from like a child to an adult in a book or in a movie not, maybe not books, books have more room, but like in a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and it's very, it's, it's just really nice. I, I think that's such a sad line, but it's such a good indicator of her personality. Yeah. And yeah. I like that how it's, she's like, I can fix, you know, I, you know, I can fix things and, and she's just, Very driven, and I think that that's interesting.
0: I like. I really wanted the priest to be like Ellie. It's not your fault, you know. Like just something. But instead, he's like, "God has a plan for us all." And I'm like, "She's nine years old, so maybe like, yeah." You know, that's something you say to someone who's like in their twenties. Who's like, "Listen, you know."
1: Yeah, I think in the right moment, I don't know. Like that's a such a it's such a tricky thing to say. I think to people. Well, it's it's who are going through something better
0: place, like i understand that but i don't want to hear that yeah like right now
1: right now this person is not with us and so that feels sad so yeah i think it's it's just another also a really good industry illustration of the faith versus science battle that you see throughout the movie
0: yeah yeah
1: and and i think that that's interesting as well
0: yeah it's like you don't expect palmer to be a priest
1: you know I, I, I said to Mike because we watched it together again this most recent time and mm. uh I said to Mike that Jodie Foster does some amazing face acting in that scene so they have this like Ellie and Palmer played by Matthew McConaughey has have this like really no, no, no flirt- Palmer Joss Palmer Joss have this like really good what it that's you said you said elliot palmer ellie and palmer oh are you confused me okay anyway i got it because i was like i did call it palmer doesn't matter ellie and palmer okay i thought you said no elliot it's cool palmer. i was like where the <laughs> fuck did she get that name from? I made it up <laughs> one time in school we watched the movie did you ever see the movie the cure about um it's not about the band it's about a little boy with aids
0: no brad renfro
1: <laughs> and joseph Mazzello are in it i think anyway The little boy, it's about a little boy who has AIDS and he got it from a like a blood transfusion. And we had to watch it in health class and then write a little paper about it. And through the whole paper, I called the little boy by the wrong name. And my gym teacher who taught health class wrote on it. I think I called him Simon and his name was not Simon in the movie. And she kept (laughs) circling and she was like, who is Simon? (laughs) So... Elliot Palmer, That's so no. Funny, I love it. So Ellie and Palmer have this like very flirtatious funny. moment when they first meet in Puerto right. Rico and it's like like there's sexual tension and chemistry between them but Ellie kind of, you know, she's kind of blows them off a yeah. little bit but I I think she's, you know, you know she's like secretly flattered and then they're at this reception a couple days later and he shows up and you can see on her face that she's like, you know, she's anticipating another flirtatious back and forth and maybe it will lead somewhere. And, and, um, Drumlin, I believe it's him, Drumlin, the head of like the, the head of the science unit that's like using the Arecibo, uh, satellite dish and, and is there. And he calls palmer father and the look on jody's face is amazing because she's like oh my gosh wait a second
0: well and she's so like she looks really surprised but then she like composes herself like she's like oh right okay i gotta like he's a priest
1: yeah yeah and then and then afterwards when they're talking amongst themselves uh matthew palmer matthew mcconaughey is like I tried to be a priest, but I just couldn't handle the whole celibacy thing. So, in my mind, in Ellie's head, it was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) I know.
0: She's like, oh, thank God. I get to get that priest dick. (laughs) That was unexpected. (laughs) I tried. That's what she thought. Uh, But anyway. That is exactly her thoughts, I think. That's 100% what she was thinking. Um, No, they – I – they, they had <laughs> they, sorry they had really good chemistry
1: they did they did and, and I
0: and I love that there wasn't like a sex scene like an unnecessary sex scene like we didn't need like a you know Legends of the Fall style bread. and it
1: was the 90s so the, I'm actually yeah. like I'm impressed with their restraints yeah you know what I know it's like mm-hmm. if we don't show us a 20 minute sex scene what
0: do we even do? did the movie even <laughs>
1: exist? <laughs> Yeah, and I really like how um this movie was made before Matthew McConaughey sort of became Matthew McConaughey and Yeah. I actually have no problem with Matthew McConaughey quote unquote as a I character. Even now I think he's a fine actor but he is always himself. Yeah. And but in this yeah. movie I was able to um d- like disassociate him from himself and just enjoy his character and I really liked that about Yeah, he's an
0: in- he's in a couple roles in like the 90s like um I think Amistad about that slave ship and he was like a lawyer in that one that one was he was pretty you know um, heavy character now but you're right I think it's like I think there is a point uh, probably around like 2001 ish where it it wasn't Matthew McConaughey the actor it was Matthew McConaughey the person you know what I mean yeah and um I mean, there's definitely, like, a couple movies out there where I think, I I didn't see Dallas Buyers Club, but it looked like he did a pretty decent he did, job in it, that one. He did
1: a really great job in yeah. that one. So, yeah. I mean,
0: but I also think, like, they're, I think that certain actors get shoved into, like, certain roles, you know? And he just, he kind of fits like that, like, like everything's fine, I'm beach bum, <laughs> like, you know, like, I live in my little Airstream trailer <laughs> off of the ocean, you know, right on the ocean, and you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, for some reason, I'm like, okay, yes, I can do that for you. <laughs> you know?
1: Mike did do a little impression of him. He's like, they call it El Radar, because that's what he says about the satellite dish. <laughs> El Radar. So, but it's still, I just really like his part. Yeah, yeah. I did too. And Mike I- has actually been to Arecibo to see that big satellite dish oh really yeah it's gone now um it there's a video there was a video like six months ago of part of it like collapsing on itself because it was just like i think probably like falling under disrepair for a while but yeah he got to go and he said it's he said that there's just like jungle plants like growing up through parts of it you know and and it was very like i think it's it was still he said around the time that contact was made it was like the biggest satellite dish And he said even now he thought it might still have actually been more effective than the very large array where she went in New Mexico. Oh, really? So it was pretty, like, a pretty impressive machine, powerful. Yeah, that thing is
0: strong. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think that we've, like, as a society, like, the blip was a thing that we kind of heard, you know, like in, what was that, like, early 2000s, late 90s or whatever? Oh, yeah, that was under
1: the ocean. Oh, yeah,
0: that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Didn't they think it was, like, whales after a while? Or
1: I'm not sure. I thought I heard it, like, an underwater earthquake, maybe, or whales, or, yeah.
0: Yeah. There anything, was... anything could be underwater, though, because <laughs> we only have explored 5% yeah, of it. Yeah, so. it's pretty
1: crazy, like, the creatures that were discovered after, like, the Indonesian tsunami. Oh, yeah. You know, like, alone.
0: I love... It's funny, because I have a, like, I... I have a weird love for like deep sea fish. I don't, know why. I don't know why. I just love them. Um, I love all the creepy looking gross deep sea fish. Like they're, they're like my faves. So I've noticed though, that because I like them so much, like I'd be on like Reddit and someone would be like, what is this? And I'm like, that's a vampire squid. And I like know what it's called. Oh wow. Jeez. That's like, cool. Uh, and it's just, it's funny. Cause, um, but I mean, that's, you know, that's not, that's not here nor there, but I did actually have a note that I wanted to mention because I had a question for you or what you thought about this. When, after they slept together, after Palmer and Ellie slept together. So do you think that when Palmer said that she was alone after she told them that her dad had passed away, that it made her like lose interest or something? Cause she kind of left like almost right after that.
1: I don't think she lost interest in him ever, um, but I do think that she noted that this was a chance to become vulnerable. And that's scary because the last time she was vulnerable, her dad died. Yeah. So I, I think that she was always interested in him as seen by how excited she got when he showed up later and how they sort of fell into the same chemistry, which mm-hmm. is totally believable. Which is like, it was
0: like six years later. Yeah. Too, so it was a while.
1: And, but I think it was just a vulnerability thing, you know, and like, that's also kind of interesting, like, the science aspect of her nature is how it's like, sort of calculating, like, you know, and, and, and I think that she calculated the chances she'd have to be vulnerable and, and let this person in and people are fallible, they're, you know, they can die, they can leave, they can, you know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm. It's easier to embrace the stars and science and, and your work than people. And I think that, that that's why she's like, oh, I got to go. And I, I wonder to myself, like, if I was in his shoes, I would think, geez, I didn't even know, think about what I was saying. And I think if he hadn't said that, you know, about like, oh, it must have been hard being alone maybe she wouldn't have lost interest, you know, yeah. but eventually something like that would have happened between them. I think just because she right. wasn't at that stage ready to be vulnerable to somebody again.
0: Right. And yeah. And especially if it's someone that you've just met, you know, like your second time meeting this person and then you're sleeping with them, like sleeping with someone is already a very vulnerable activity, you know? Um, but yeah. So I was just curious as to what you thought about that, but speaking of her dad when she went after he passes away and she's trying to get a hold of him on the radio I was like no 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 mm -mm." I was like this is this is so fucking sad (laughs) like it just oh god that like broke my heart it like it kills me in movies or tv shows or whatever when they have like these little children trying to like understand and comprehend that their parents have passed away like I can't it's just it's like it just breaks my heart, you know? Yeah. Ugh. So
1: it's but, pretty sad. I agree.
0: I think they did a great job casting um Jenna Malone and uh and Jodie Foster because I was like, oh, they actually <laughs> look alike. And I and I've seen so many movies where I'm like, I'm like, who the fuck is this person compared to this kid? And I was like, that's the younger version of them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like their hair is a totally different color. <laughs> you know? Like, it's just... It was like... It's just like, what? You didn't even... Did you try? Did you did you have a picture of the person that you're trying to cast? Whatever. I yeah,
1: and they did an interesting job with subtle things like um, movements where she, like, put her ha- hair behind her ear and then you see Jodie Foster, older Ellie, doing the same motion, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, little attention to detail that is nice to add into the movie.
0: I noticed too when she was anxious, she would pull her uh, knees to her chest and wrap her arms around her knees. And I noticed that she did that as an adult. I don't know. I don't think I noticed it as a kid, but as an adult, I noticed that she did that a lot. That when she was like feeling like yeah like anxious, she just curled up in a little ball. I
1: like those little details too because that too. went through the movie. I don't remember it happening when she was a kid, but I I I do like that it happened multiple times as an adult because yeah. I think stuff like that can sort of fall by the wayside where they do it a couple times early in the movie and it's like they forget or vice yeah. versa. And I like that it was like a character trait of hers. Yeah, and I, me too. I, that and that was I cool. think it's
0: important to establish even just little things like that, like little quirks, um, like what you said about like wrap, like the hair behind the ears. Because, um, like me personally, when I'm like nervous, I usually like grip my hands together or I like kind of play with like my fingers or whatever, you know. Um, and, and I think, I think it could probably be considered stimming, you know, I don't know if you know what stimming is. I think stimming is mostly among the like autistic community. It's basically an action that you do that like provides comfort. So for me, my like stimming thing is like holding my hands together or like playing with my fingers or something, you know, and I tend to like tuck my, my, uh, my thumbs and my hand and my, my fists. And that's just like a comfort thing for me. And I do it. I notice I do it when I'm nervous. So I like that they did stuff like that because that is important to like the character and it might be small, but it's also, it's also good writing, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So it's like, as like what you said, when they include a trait like that, and then they're just like, oh yeah, I forgot that she did that. Well, whatever. It's not important anymore, but it's like, well, but it kind of still is though, because It's part of what she is, like, who she is, Mm -hmm. you know? It's how she expresses her anxiety, so...
1: Yeah, and I think it's really easy for a character, a powerful female character like her, to become a ball buster. But they Mm -hmm. do a really good job of humanizing her throughout the movie. Yes. Especially when you can see that she's, like, she has a hard time restraining herself at a lot of the injustices that happen to her. Understandable. And when so. she does act out and it doesn't go in her favor, you can tell that she, you know, you, you can see that remorse in her internal remorse where she's like, "Why isn't this working out?" and and I shouldn't have said that, but she did, you know, and 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 also just like you feel bad for her because it's just like she's being steamrolled by these powerful people and Oh yeah. and yeah. I just I think that the character of Ellie is is done so well because we've talked about multiple times how powerful females in movies are not always done well. Right. And it's, she's so human and, and she is, she's so fallible because she is headstrong and she's hot headed and, but she has a reason to be because she knows what she's doing, but she Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to play the game because she's a scientist. She's not a politician. And like, it, I like how she tells Palmer after like the, I'm jumping way ahead, but mm-hmm. after the big like deciding candidacy thing where she has her interview and she says like, I told the truth up there and Drumlin told you what you wanted to hear and you all ate it up. And I thought that yep. that's
0: perfect. Like that, re- that like really resounded to me a yeah. lot, like big time, because first of all, I hated Drumlin pretty much from the moment <laughs> he was introduced. Yeah. Like, he like she like she was so cute she's like running up this hill to go greet him because she's excited that he's there and he's just like oh mm -hmm." like he just kind of like acknowledges her but like barely and she's like fucking asshole like and i was like yeah he is an asshole ellie (laughs) and then later um when he gets chosen and she just she has this like it's a very subtle look but she's devastated you know I mean you can just see it in her face like this is and I was so pissed off for her because I was like what the fuck And like this guy comes in takes control is like you know she is the one that discovered this. she did all this work and she worked so hard to get more money and more grants to, like, you know, keep this project going. And this guy just comes in, swoops in, and goes, well, I'm just going to, you know, quit my job so I can go on this trip. And I was like, first of all, you're old, so you probably shouldn't go into space. (laughs) Secondly, fuck you, you, Jomlin, fuck you very much. And thirdly, fuck
1: you, Jomlin, fuck you.
0: (laughs) You know, like, it just made me so mad. Like, oh, oh. Yeah,
1: he – so he was funding – the, her work in Arecibo, and, but so disdainful of it and telling her she's wasting her time and she's never going to get published if she keeps looking for extraterrestrials. And and she's like, it's my life. It's my work. Like, he doesn't... Like, it's, it was annoying how much he wanted control of her work anyway because it's like, if she's deciding to do this, who are you to say you'll never get published? Like, maybe that's not her goal to get published, you know? And well, then she finally gets financial freedom from him because he pulled the plug right so they find their own funding and they find their own satellite dishes and they're working along for like four years and then all of a sudden here he comes wanting her satellite time and then they see the they make the discovery with the, the signal and he just swoops in and suddenly he's like you know he's all in on this extraterrestrial mm-hmm, search and stuff and it's
0: now that she's so, done all the
1: work, yeah, it's so annoying that he the way he takes the credit. And Mike actually pointed out something that I wanted to point out to you: how there's a scene in the the little office the morning after they discover the signal, and how she's trying to explain to the national security guy played by Waxman, what's his name, James oh. Woods, who you said looks like he's made of wax. I texted
0: her and I was like. Is it just me or does James Wood look like like he's made of wax? So
1: she's trying to, and James Wood works for the uh, United States government, and they're upset that she called so many people when they made this discovery instead of keeping it, you know, like hidden in the government. And she's trying to explain everything to him and – and he's just like not listening and then drumlin comes he in and he's like a dick too I well, yeah and him like well drumlin comes in and he says you know he just explains it to him and the guy accepts it and mike was like oh it's a good example of how like the female saying it mm-hmm. nobody listens but the male saying it and i i was like oh yeah that is really interesting." i noticed
0: that yeah i noticed that a lot throughout this movie that it was like it was like oh, okay sweetheart why don't you go back to your little vanity and your makeup but then the second like a guy comes in and he's like same exact thing that this woman just said almost in the same exact language almost quoting her and the dude's like oh my god that's genius and i'm like so when she said it she was just a little woman but when he says it, he suddenly and like and i was just like i will fight all of you i will fight you i will fight you with one arm tied behind my back i'll fight myself i'll fight my cat i'll fight a baby <laughs>
1: yeah i do i don't like drumlin either um and mike pointed out that she mike pointed (laughs) out that she never like reacted visibly to him like she was never she never like told him off or cursed at him or anything and i thought that that was interesting professional but you could always see it like on her face like how devastated she was and i thought that that was so like heartbreaking throughout the movie and yeah he was he's such a bad character and then later when right before the mission the test is about to go he like talks down to her like i'm sorry that the world isn't more fair yeah, and i was I like know. how can you say that oh, you yeah, know like, what you did like,
0: like he's like was it like they were like pensacola or whatever
1: was they, it pensacola Yeah, they they were in uh they were at cape canaveral right okay canaveral, NASA. Right. Yeah. yeah and
0: he's like And he's just kind of, like, he, like, goes up to her to, like, say hi. But it's not, like, hey, thank you so much for, like, causing, like, like, doing all this work so that I can go do this amazing thing. Instead, he's just, like, mm, I know things suck. But you know what? Sometimes they're great for me. Just for me. Not for you. Yeah. And I'm,
1: like such a heel such a heel move like I know, I he knew like, exactly <laughs> he knew exactly how he got there oh yeah and he was just like so like talking down towards towards so p- much such a
0: piece of shit like he's yeah i mean just like again and as mike said it's just such a typical like i think they did a very good job of of showing what it is like to be in a woman in like the like a stem field you know what i mean um where you're going, Hey, look at what I've done. Look at all this, all this time and effort and energy I put into this work that like, I clearly am super, super passionate about. And you're just going to come in and take all the fucking credit. Like, how dare you? And it's, and I think that's very common. It's a very common thing for, especially for women for that to happen to them. So having this have such a, um, like truthful, I guess, exposure of how women can be treated in STEM fields, um, is, is like kind of a relief because it's like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for not just ignoring that this is a real issue and that women struggle to be acknowledged and noticed for the work that they do in, again, as I said, STEM fields. So it's like, you know, in, and it's just so frustrating because our experiences in our work are just as valid as any man's so don't like put us down and don't say that what we do is not as good as someone else just because they have a different what is it what is an x a y chromosome yeah that's it thank you (laughs) I was was like I always like kind of confuse them a little bit like I'm like I know like I know but I'm like but do I know (laughs) know?
1: (laughs) right um yeah I really liked um oh I I did want to ask you I kind of talked over you but did you enjoy the sound design like even when she was listening to like the pulsar or whatever at the beginning like that was yeah
0: yeah, that was good yeah and I like because I usually have a fan on so I had my fan turned off and I had it turned up and yeah it was it was good yeah Yeah,
1: it's it's just, it's so good. I I love the relationship with her and Kent as well. Yes, I do too. I by William Fichtner. Fichtner? Uh, uh,
0: William Fichtner, I think it is. I
1: really, I really like their relationship, and I. There's a scene. It's it's one of one of my favorite scenes because I think it's so real, and I I it's just so, it's so brief, but, so she's leaving to go. To these meetings to try to get funding and kent says something like just try not to be confrontational and she's like me confrontational what do you mean and i just that feels so real like it feels like right. like it feels like it could be behind the scenes footage right for how it real sounds, it that feels. sounds like
0: something like someone would say to me they're like don't be confrontational on me
1: I, darling i have never been confrontational in my entire life like and she's so playful when she says it and it's just i don't know i i really like that and i like the relationship how he has the guts to tell her like when they're at the very large array and he's like, "No one's gonna give us any funding to the no one's gonna give funding to like the high priestess of the desert or something because that's what they right. call you and and they're having like a little bit of an argument and then later by the way badass moniker yeah right
0: <laughs> badass moniker <laughs> and later
1: when they disc when she discovers the sound she's like oh, I wish Kent was here and then we finally arrive she like ignores like the newsman who's trying to interview her and she's like, sorry. And she walks away because she's so excited for him to listen. I I love it. Later when he's there at the launch, when she's there, she was so excited to hear his voice. And I I just really, really liked their friendship throughout the movie. And one thing that I wish there was more of was him vocally supporting her in the public, because I feel like she was unnecessarily alone because she had a small team of people working with her. And it was like all of them disappeared in in public questioning settings, like where she's in Washington and stuff. And I thought none of your friends came to like back you up because that seemed weird to me. And I think that was probably just to fully give the exclamation point of her realizing like, oh, we're not alone at the end. But I didn't understand how this smart, Scientist who's working with her wouldn't be there to back her up or to have her back, at least, you know? Yeah,
0: that seemed kind of weird to me, too. I actually would have not minded if they had a romance over her and Palmer. Oh, like, really? I, oh, yeah. Like, I was big time feeling it. I was like, oh. I kind of want those two to get together. I, I like William Fitner. I mean, I like Matthew McConaughey, too, but I really liked Kent. Like, Kent, like, warmed to my heart. There's something about him that I found very. Um, like, if he was a person, I would just want to spend time with him, you know, he seemed like he was a very cool guy, and so I was kind of, like, digging, I was, like, I would not mind if they had a romance, like, at all, like, I was, I was into it, I was, like, yeah.
1: Oh, weird, no, I, d- I do not feel that way at all, uh, I know, that's no, funny, that's yeah, because
0: I, like, I think she had great chemistry with Um, with Matthew McConaughey and everything, but there was something about their relationship that I kind of just liked the idea of like them having a very like sweet, gentle little romance, you know what I mean? But, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I was, I was into it. So, um, when they're talking about building this machine and sending someone through to, um, to Vega which I thought it was funny that they kept calling them vegans because every time I'd see it, like, written on the screen, I'd be like, it's vegan. That's vegan. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Because it's spelled the same. It's just pronounced differently. Sure. Um, There was a mention of a cult that had committed suicide, and I was, like, interesting. I wonder if this is a real cult or if this was just a contact, like, you know, fictional and it turns out they were actually talking about Heaven's Gate. Oh, I yeah, I yeah. remember Heaven's and Gate. I <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, I was like, oh, cool. They actually meant well, like not cool because a bunch of people died, but like, cool. They actually <laughs> mentioned, you know, like a, a real cult. So I thought that that was interesting because part of Heaven's Gate, like whole um, their whole thing, is that this basically like their mothership is on Haley Bop. Bought- comet and when and by killing themselves they're going to the mothership and on Haley bop's comet so you know they're waiting for the comet to come through um and so it was interesting that it was like a space-based you know like cult slash religion or whatever you want to call it um and this whole movie was about space so i i, I just like the correlation of those two things because i was like okay that's interesting and i like that they like could insert that within that world because it was like, oh that like I love that. Like I love that like I don't, you know, like I don't love it. I got a much be lied, but like <laughs> you do what I mean. Like I I love that it was a real thing that they tied into like this fictional world. And I was like, I fucking love when they do shit like that. I think that's really cool. Wow. You know?
1: You've just raised a question that I was gonna ask you because okay. I first let me say I remember that cult I remember that I remember seeing that comet and I remember that mass suicide and I was in like middle school and I remember being like just being like very freaked out by it because when you're a kid like hearing about cults and mass suicide it is very (laughs) unnerving and scary
0: I want to say one thing you know what's weird about because I remember that too because I was like 10 when it happened um and one of the very one of the only things i remember from when that happened is their shoes and that they were wearing bags over their head yeah <laughs> it was
1: like yeah so it was like
0: like a very interesting well, those to focus on as a 10 year old you know
1: yeah those images were like all over the news and yeah. it was it was very strange but my question for you is i think we have different uh different perspectives about this situation in this movie because i was going to ask you how you felt about bill clinton being involved in these real events being involved in jay leno being there because i think for me well do you want to hear my opinion first yeah i want to hear your okay yeah
0: tell me your opinion
1: so mike and i actually talked about this too because he heard somewhere that like um he heard a different source citing contact how having bill clinton could be distracting instead of having like a fake president like an independence day Mm -hmm. and i think that that also makes sense because it is distracting but I also feel like it really dates the movie in a way that is weird because the movie is about first contact and we haven't made first contact yet so it, it kind of bothers me that they locked it into a very definite time period by using Bill Clinton and by using Heaven's Gate and by using Jay Leno and CNN anchors and everything and I think that in my mind that almost does it a disservice because now it's not like, it's never a movie that's happening in the near future. It's always a movie that happened in the 90s. But to piggyback on what you said, I do think it's cool for movies to tie in real things, especially if the movie is vaguely real or it's supposed to be set in that time period. But my question is, does it do for you the movie does it do for you the movie? I don't know if that's a proper sentence, but does it do it a disservice when you look at the grand scheme of things? Or you've already sort of said that you liked that they tied in the real thing, but how do you feel about overall, like, broadly? <laughs> so, unsurprisingly, I
0: have a different opinion than you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually really like it. Okay. I, yeah, I like, I thought it was cool how they included Clinton in there, which obviously took some Photoshopping. Um <laughs> And, that's the real uh c g i trickery, <laughs> yeah, and um I thought it you know like i I liked it, I thought it was cool that they had added all this stuff, and to me, it makes it more like i don't see it necessarily as it dating it as much as I see it almost like an alternate timeline, so like this timeline happened in the timeline that we don't exist in, okay, you know i didn't I mean? think about
1: it from that, perspective. yeah, so
0: it's like um. Like, okay, a great example of that is, well, not I don't know if it's a great example, but in my Sims game, I have like a mod that, <laughs> I don't know, I'm obsessed with Sims lately. So I thought you were going to be like,
1: in the Dickens novel, A Tale of Dickens Two novel. Cities, the great example of it, but
0: no, okay, <laughs> no, go ahead. It's not like that. It's yeah. nothing. Like... <laughs> no. um, In my Sims, I have a mod that allows for like me to make like empty worlds where I can just do whatever I want in them. So I'll have, like, and I have, like, mods for, um, like, famous paintings, like Van Gogh paintings. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my mind, so if I have those paintings in a house in one world, but in another world or in a museum, well, they're just two separate timelines. They're, like, two separate universes. So they're, like, this Van Gogh painting doesn't exist in in this museum in this particular world because it's in this house.
1: I see in the other yeah. world
0: that exists in this museum, but it, it like, you know what I mean? So it's like each, so that's kind no, of, that's like, interesting. I yeah, think that's, that's kind an of interesting how I take. View it. Cause I have like a bunch of different worlds because I like the bigger lots. So I like to, although I did actually, um, I did actually play on a 20 by 30 lot, which is very tiny. And I made a tiny, cute little house. <laughs> it was so cute. I was so proud of it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I view it. Like I. I don't view it as it necessarily dating the movie. I just view it as like, hey, this is a possibility that could have happened. And I'm like, cool. I like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. I respect that. I, there's a scene where like uh, James Woods and Bill Scarrett Drumlin and the National Security Guy are like sitting next to Bill Clinton. And I was like, oh, this looks like so fake. And it really bothers me um they're like I
0: thought it was cool I thought it was cool the way they did it I liked it I the entire time I was like when he came on the screen I was like cool Clinton so yeah it was I was into it the entire time
1: yeah well Mike also pointed out that like having Bill Clinton in this movie for kids watching it now like young people watching it now would probably garner about as much interest as if we were watching a movie and like (laughs) Richard Nixon was in it you know like we don't care about these old presidents anymore so I thought that was also an interesting perspective but yeah no I like it's it's good I like I like that perspective I think that although
0: Richard Nixon is actually a bigger part of my life than Bill Clinton is because he's in Futurama (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So something I really liked is something that my perspective has changed on is I think prior to the pandemic, like the last two years that we've had, I would have, I kind of would have thought that it was pr- kind of movie-fied that people got so up in arms and like they all were like congregating on the very large array. And there was like all these different groups. And then there was people who were like protesting and like Jake Busey is, like, the head of this weird, like, culty church thing. Like, he could not be any more shady. Yeah. Well, I would have thought, like, this is a little bit movie-fied, but after the last two years, I can see how people just get riled up about things, and, and it just becomes out of control after a while. And I really like the scene where she's driving to work and they have to drive through this giant mass of people who are all like celebrating the aliens or jake Busey. Busey, first of all some of that looked really fun yeah i want to be there yeah (laughs) and uh i thought that was interesting and then yeah like jake Busey is like such a creepy side character
0: character yeah right um um immediately as soon as i showed him with this like it looked like a wig. I'm just assuming it was a wig, like this fake long, like blonde Fabio hair. hair. And I was like, I was like, Ugh. like it's that guy. And I didn't remember his name, so I had to look him up because I knew he was a Busey. I just didn't remember his name. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I'm like, if Jake Busey's in this, I'm like, he's gonna be more than just a little like preacher. Like he's gotta have a bigger part, and he did. And he ended up having the bomb strapped to him that killed Drumlin. And it was interesting because I was kind of thinking I was like I wonder I'm like okay so I actually got kind of spoiled because I was updating the the Instagram and I it wasn't like really a spoiler because I kind of knew this was going to happen I had a feeling that Jodie Foster was gonna or Ellie was gonna end up being the one that went because I was like okay come on they're not gonna not have her go you know Mm -hmm. um so I would have been more surprised if they had not done that. You know what I mean? Like that would have been more of a spoiler. So I knew that she was going to go because I would seen the screenshots of it. So I was like, I wonder how they're going to get rid of Drumlin. And I kind of assumed that he would just get injured and he'd be like, fine. I didn't think that he was going to die. Yeah, so that was That was a spoiler. And I didn't think that there was going to be some bomb on there, but I like that they did that because I was like this makes sense especially someone who is a you know like a crazy person who wants to go blow up people you know like shit hell yeah that could definitely happen mm-hmm. and it actually kind of made me sad that he died because I didn't even though he's an asshole he doesn't deserve that you I know felt,
1: I felt the same way yeah. yeah
0: like I was like I wasn't like I wasn't like, oh no, you know, like I was like devastated over, it, but I was like, okay, well that kind of sucks. You know, I was like, that, that's shitty. Um, so I like, I, <laughs> but like the second that they showed him on the screen, I was like, whoop, there it is. <laughs> 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 you know, like, I was like, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen with that guy because he's too creepy looking not to utilize him in that, in that sense. Yeah. It always makes me like wonder, like if you like you know like I'm I'm a, a oh god I almost said middle-aged woman I'm a youngish woman who's in my 30s and I don't think I look creepy and I don't like like you know I don't really like have friends that look creepy so i always kind of curious what what is it like living as a naturally creepy looking person you
1: know what I mean? yeah I think the only way to do it is to own it you know yeah yeah I mean, it's
0: Like, what do you do, you know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Or you become an actor who's main, you know, I mean, again, people have made a lot of money playing roles like that. Well, like,
1: I don't think he's creepy, but Steve Buscemi has a very distinct look. And I think there's quotes of him saying, like, he could never fix his teeth because if he fixed his teeth, he wouldn't stand out. Right. he probably wouldn't be famous you know he wouldn't have his career right is basically right, yeah. and and i think that that's right like you own you own your uniqueness mm-hmm. you know and steve buscemi's so great too like, he is so great yeah he's
0: like uh very very uh versatile you know mm-hmm. um he was actually in an episode of broad city he oh yeah wow. he played a mugger um <laughs> that mugged abby so <laughs> um and he's like oh wait i think i
1: saw that episode did you You, i think so she, yeah like, she
0: has like a brand new bag that like alana bought her and it's like really expensive bag and she's like she like has a job interview at like anthropology
1: oh i don't know maybe, maybe i don't not. know i thought we watched it but maybe not <laughs>
0: well anyway um she like has she's like an unemployed at the moment so she's trying to find a new job and he's like yelling at her he's like you only have 200 in your savings and she's like i don't have a job you're robbing me right now <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you need to save more money and she's just like you're robbing me right now <laughs> anyway it's a good one but he is um i've seen him play so many different characters that it's like and i i really enjoy i really enjoy him actually as an actor uh did you ever see the parts that he was in in 30 rock where he was the
1: private detective yes I believe so yes
0: <laughs> Like one of my favorite lines is he goes do you have any weird sex stuff no don't tell me I like to figure that out for myself <laughs> I was like same because <laughs> if I was a private detective and like I'd like be looking through their stuff and I'd be like oh they are in the weird sex stuff cool
1: <laughs> I like when she's in the like the round table meeting and she's she's kind of being ganged up on in this meeting and then Palmer shows up and I like how she's kind of like excited to see Palmer again. And then, and, but, and then they go to that, like uh, gala and she, was like I need a really great dress. And oh I, man, her hair! Yeah, her was hair. <laughs> gorgeous. Her hair for a lot of the movie was pretty rough. Like those scrunchies <laughs> really started driving me nuts. And she had like a weird barrette scrunchie duo going on sometimes. It's very nineties. But sometimes she looked so nice, like so sleek, and um, yeah, she looked so nice. And I liked how her and Palmer had this like kind of like. Uh, fighty sort of banter about his book yeah and then he said something like did you love your father and she said yes I did and he says prove it you know like she's like talking about like how can you believe God exists when you don't see him anywhere and then he so I like how they both have the ability to give each other like the hard questions to answer but they still have this mutual attraction regardless of how heated quote-unquote their discussion gets and I really like that dynamic between them it's it's very it's almost kind of unique because it's not antagonistic it's just two brains colliding yeah it's not
0: like he's not like negging her yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and that's I've seen that before in films and I'm like how is this girl interested in this guy? Who's like, I'm going to just put you down. Yep. Continuously. Cause I'd be like, dude, no, (laughs) like I'd be like, "Mm, you're making me feel bad about myself. And I just met you. So let's, let's just put this on a shelf forever and let it just collect dust. Okay. Bye. Um, but, uh, I, I like that too. I wanted to, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I like when she approaches Angela Bassett and she's like, I have a really serious question ask you. And Angela's like, of course, what can I help you with? And she's like, I need a really great dress for tonight. And I was like, and I just like that that was like, I don't know, the way that she stated it. Cause it's like, oh, of course like, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And, and then Angela, she found a really great dress. I swear is like, immortal she looks good she likes looks the damn same now (laughs) does she (laughs) yeah she was in the movie fallout which kept it came out like 2017 or something the mission impossible oh wow okay yeah she looks really great in that one too like it's been what 20 years and i was like damn like (laughs) Like, 25
1: years yeah
0: yeah. well no 97 and then 2017
1: oh i thought you meant now but yeah okay Yeah, yeah 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 uh i
0: I'm guessing that's what Paula came out. I'm kind of, you know.
1: There's something I do want to talk about, and and that is that I feel like there's, okay. When I first watched the movie a couple of days ago for this this most recent viewing, I felt the same way as I've always felt. Always felt where the like the religious people were a little heavy-handed like there's Rob Lowe at that round table scene who's like well I just want to make sure that that these aliens believe in God or something I and totally then,
0: forgot Rob Lowe was the yeah because remember I like taxi I was gonna write like cuz <laughs> but I didn't I was gonna write like C-U-Z but then I was like she's gonna think it's like cuz okay, oh yeah. of what? you know and so I didn't end up writing that but I was like I was like, my cousin Rob Lowe is in this. <laughs> He's and, not my real cousin. It's just a joke.
1: <laughs> and then Matthew McConaughey, who like had to ask her, like, who decided at the last minute to be like, do you believe in God? At like the questioning, like the the I interview. Actually, I actually wanted
0: to ask what you thought, of, what you felt about that whole thing.
1: And well, I've always theorized that, and he does say later in the movie that he like did it because he didn't want her to leave or whatever and i've always sort of theorized that that was his reasoning for asking her like because he had talked to her right before that about how like you might not come back and i think he was incredulous to the fact that she was okay with that her life could end and that would be hard to accept if somebody you love is not suicidal i'm not saying somebody you love is suicidal i'm saying somebody you love is willing to take this journey that could like The odds of them not making it are very high. It's, you
0: know. Just to interrupt you, what? sorry, (laughs) but one of the things that he said that stood out to me was that he was like, you might be gone four years, but on earth it will be 50 years. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of Interstellar, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I was was just like, all I could think of is like, if you went on this trip, first of all, you're alone for four years, which sounds terrible. Um, And secondly... Um, you come back and everyone, you know, is like either dead or they're just like very old. And so you don't even know them anymore at at this point, 50 years have passed and they're strangers, you know? And it's like, I can't, I can't think of anything like, to me, that's so fucking sad. Like that is so sad. I like, and I've, this is a question that I ask people a lot because I'm curious as to their answers and I always ask like would you go into deep space or would you go into deep sea and I would never go into deep space because first of all it sounds super boring <laughs> like sure you see the earth and everything and that's great you might see a couple other planets but it's mostly empty space you know what I mean um and also you're like stuck in one little place for like a really long time you know and I'm like mm, no um but I would definitely go deep sea as I said I love those creepy deep sea fish so 100, 100 p. Well, I think
1: the question is, I mean, you have to qualify it with being like, either way, you're going to be in this vessel for 50 years. So deep sea and deep space would be the same at that point. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, that's not what I mean, though. (laughs) Because I mean, like, yeah, deep sea, you go down, you come back. Right. But deep space, if you do come back, it could, you know, it could be years in the future. So that is quite different. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I, I think I'd choose deep space, but I wouldn't want to go alone. And yeah, I would not. want to find like some wormhole to bring me back to like, oh, I've only been gone for two weeks, even though it lasted 50 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I think it's, it's alarming if somebody you love and care about is okay. Discarding you right. in that way. And I do, so I thought the God thing was a little bit heavy handed with that but then i realized after thinking about this movie and i'm like for generations explorers have always gone exploring in the name of like god and king that's
0: exactly why i think that science and religion can go hand in hand well it
1: makes sense now to me a little bit more why they were so concerned about god like the person going needs to believe in this like needs to be like needs to have this like god part of them because it's like this old school explorer thing Mm -hmm. but additionally in the near the end of the movie he explains that he's like you know part of the reason why I, he didn't say sabotage but quote-unquote sabotage your chances was because I didn't want you to go I take issue with that because I think it's romantic on one hand but I also think it's like very selfish on another because like her life's work was this thing it and really yes, it really bothered me that he said that it's and also mike pointed out like did so he had no integrity to his job that he was doing like he was supposed right. to find the best candidate but he ruined it for her What right. was the best candidate and i think the issue i have which i keep going back to is that it is alarming for somebody you care about to seemingly be able to just be like, I don't care if I die and leave you. And that's really heartbreaking to hear that from somebody. But it's also like, I imagine anybody who's in a relationship or in that sort of thing with somebody who's very risky or a daredevil or a test pilot or anything has to know that just because somebody is passionate about one thing does not mean they're any less passionate about their relationship with you, you know? Right. And where I'm going with this is just saying, like, it bothered me that he tried to keep her from this dream when it was her life's ambition and goal and work because his motivation seemed weirdly selfish. Like, I think if if that was the case, you'd have to do what the little children did to their dad, who was an astronaut, was like, we don't want you to go, dad. Yeah. And I think when you present an argument like that, then the astronaut chooses not to go. That's different than ruining their chances. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's, you know, you get to make the decision. It's not someone else making the decision for you. Mm-hmm. It actually, so I think it's it's funny that you thought that the religion thing was, was heavy handed because I thought it was like the perfect level of like, to me, it made total sense that all these people were like, part of this has to do with God. And I really liked that they did that. And I, I even really liked that they wanted to have a candidate that, um, was religious as well because i i was like you don't know what's out there you're going to this place and you're going to these um beings and you don't know who they are what they can do and it's like scary and new and and exciting and but palmer screwing her over really bugged me because i'm like first of all you like yeah you have feelings for her but you don't really know her you have not been with her really at all i mean you so you slept together Maybe twice or something, maybe once or twice, and and i I get that he has feelings for her, but also like what you said, he's totally like sabotaging her entire trip that she's so passionate about, and if it were me and I was watching someone that I cared about, and if i and if I didn't know them that well, I would be like, "You need to go on this trip because this is what your life's work is, and this is what, and this means so much to you. And I can never deny you a chance to explore something that you've worked so hard on, you know, and, um, and it, it, you know, and I get his fear, but I also feel like it, you can't like doing that to someone and knowing how passionate they feel is a really shitty thing to do. You know? Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I think it's, it's pretty weird. And I think, Obviously, he told her that because it was, like, a now or never moment because she was going to be taking the trip. And so you have to just say what you need to say. But I, I thought, like, that – I I think she, – obviously, she, you know, forgave him in that moment. She wasn't upset with him, and it all worked out. But it is, like, pretty, pretty crappy, and I kind of wish – it would have been done slightly differently where he maybe would have resigned from the group or something and somebody else would have ruined it for her because I thought it was pretty intense that he was the one who ruined it for her. And she had like, it was like a whole, it seemed like a hole in one until he asked her that question. And, and I, I thought that that was like a pretty interesting story, an interesting storytelling maneuver to have him do that to her But it worked out for them and it, and it was good and, and, but yeah, it's just like such a weird motivation of his to do that, especially when, like Mike said, he was chosen to be on that panel and have integrity for the panel, you know? Well, and,
0: and you, it's, it's to the point where you, he's not looking at this from an objective point of view. He's looking at it from a subjective point of view. Yeah. It's a conflict of interest. you can't do that. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. can't you can't be like oh well I really care about you so I want you to stay here but it's like but your feelings at this point don't matter like as much as you want them to do want them to matter they don't and it's it's about the science of it it's about the exploration of something that is that has never happened before and will probably never happen again and and denying someone a chance who is so passionate and so excited and, like, loves what they do, the chance to do that is just, like, it's, like, rude. <laughs> you know, like, rude. It's pretty bad. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I I really didn't like that Palmer did that. I thought that was shitty of him. And I get his motivation, but to me it wasn't enough of a motivation. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like, it's again, it's like you don't really know each other. You know? That's true.
1: It's not like they were like in a relationship or husband and wife or something yeah. where he was it, it, they were just like they had this sexual chemistry and this just normal like just yeah, attraction yeah. to each other but
0: like and if yeah. they were married then and I and he was like I don't want you to go then sure of course and if I were in her shoes I'd be like that's like I, I'm you know of course I want to stay here because I love you but also like this is a chance that it will literally never get again and i yeah I. Can't. it would be an impossible decision oh it would yeah. be yeah it'd be so impossible like you might never see your significant other again or you might but or you could die on the street like yeah you know and so
1: yeah it was uh <laughs> i do think though i don't want to make it seem like i don't like the science versus god stuff in the movie the science versus faith stuff in the movie i just never put together the historical exploration of like people doing things for religion. Mm-hmm. I never put that together until I thought about it. And I was like, okay, that makes more sense why they were so intent on having somebody. Because I love the the battle and the discussion about how like science versus faith never, like neither ever wins in the movie. Yeah, And even something that I want to make sure I bring up that I never, a line that I never noticed before or never focused on before was, when she went through the wormhole and she was at that, like when she was meeting with making contact with the the people, who, the people, aliens who sent the signal, the vegans, the, vagans, the vegans, the vegans. <laughs> um He said she asked, "Like, is this system of wormholes that you built? Is this how you bring all civilizations to you?" And he says, "We didn't build it. We don't know who did. Maybe they'll come back someday." And I like even I really liked that even the vegans have unanswered questions you know like yeah there's always another level and I really thought that that was cool and that's something I don't think I noticed before and, and I thought like geez nobody has all the answers
0: yeah and I, like I thought that, that, that was cool and well and I think when someone has too many of the answers it feels unreal you mm-hmm. know um, Cosmos actually has a lot of concentration of um, religion and science going hand in hand um, I have not to be fair, <laughs> I have not seen the original Cosmos. Okay, I've only seen the new one with Neil Patrick Her- Neil Patrick Harris, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> nope. Wrong, wrong Neil. My bad. <laughs> um, and uh, and so um, he he like he just he talks about how uh people's relationship with God basically led them to being like. I want to see what's out there. I want to see what's beyond this planet, beyond the stars, you know? And so it's, it makes me really happy. I'm like smiling. I have this like huge smile on my face. It just makes me really happy. And I think that's why I like Cosmos so much is that it's, it's not just about the scientific aspect of things, but there is an emotional aspect to science as well. And I think that there should be because science is, I mean, we like, everything is related to science, you know, like the vaccines that we're getting to prevent us from dying from COVID are our science. And it's just, so it's, it's like, it's just like, it's always part of our lives, but religion is also always part of our lives. Some, some more than others, you know? And to me, like, I just don't, I just think that separating the two and keeping them in such different containers It's like, you don't, they don't have to be like mixed together, but they can still like be friends. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they they don't have to get married, but they can be
1: friends. Well, I think it's like something personally, um, I'm, I would call myself a religious person and I, I think it is unfathomable to me to believe in God, but not believe in science. Cause Mm -hmm. I think if you believe in God, then like, if you believe that God created everything, then you have to believe that God created science and everything has to work together. And science is the discovery of how things work together and how those yeah. things and the questions, like, we don't have all the answers. Like, it doesn't matter what you, you know, if you believe in one thing or the other, like nobody has all the answers and science is the infinite quest to get these answers. Yeah. So I I think what you said is very, I agree with you. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's weird to just i think it's really weird when people just totally like no science no science I, right it's, yeah I, i'm i believe in this i don't believe in science and i'm like how can you not though like that doesn't make right. any sense you well, know and to me
0: like part of religion too is seeking out the answer yeah seeking yes out answers, yes mm-hmm. it's having questions and going like i need someone to guide me i need i need something i need something you know like mm-hmm. you know carry me do something that will help me and and then I will get the answer that I need. And so I yeah, I like I like what you said that and I don't know. I just this movie, like I really like this movie. And Mm -hmm. again, like so happy that it was like a Carl Sagan and like Andrew (laughs) and novel. Like I fucking lost my shit when I found (laughs) that out. I was like what? So I was I I know you texted me
1: you were very excited. I was very excited about it. (laughs) and um, I felt like like I I feel like I feel bad about this because I think I kind of spoiled the episode for Mike a little bit because when you sent me those excited texts yesterday about like I'm so excited to talk about this movie I was like I told Mike about it and I was like oh maybe I shouldn't have mentioned it to him maybe he would have liked to be in (laughs) surprise you know because I didn't tell him that you liked the movie but your texts were very indicative that you didn't hate it and so yeah no I was I was like I was so excited when I saw your
0: text I know I couldn't like I didn't I was trying so hard not to say, like, I love that movie, <laughs> but I was, like, you could tell, like, in my text, I was, like, that movie made me really emotional, yeah. like, blah, blah, and I was, like, obviously, if I liked it, I wouldn't, like, it, a movie that doesn't, that I don't like, I'm not going to get emotional over. Yeah. I mean, there have been a couple, like, scenes here and there where something is sad, and I'm, like, okay, that was a little sad, I cried a little bit, was, like, yeah. I did not like the whole film, or whatever, but, yeah, this movie, I I really liked it
1: um yeah I do have I think we should I would like to talk about the journey that she Mm -hmm. took because I think it's um I'm not sure how I feel about certain aspects of it but I like it and um Mike had some insights that I wanted to share because I think he had some very interesting observations and I want to know what you think about it so they They built built a second machine secretly um in Japan Japan because, that that
0: Haddon guy.
1: So the the guy who originally Haddon, who originally gave her funding for like when she went to the very large array, was the one who also like funded a, building another one, and he was also the one who discovered the primer for the the language on the uh, schematics that the aliens were sending. So- Which every
0: every time they said primer, I was like, oh, it looks like primer
1: yeah i don't actually know if it's like primers i don't know she called it a primer but i don't know if like a primer well, I, is like everyone same. called he, it a
0: primer is there music playing
1: oh that's my neighbors they like to listen to music yeah oh yeah so he built so had built like had a secret one built yeah and then nobody but them and like a very small skeleton crew was allowed so there was no funny business gonna happen and i like how she how they put a seat in the pod that she was gonna take and she was like, the schematics never said anything about a seat. And they were like, we will not send you up without some sort of safety. Right. And I like how the seat was, like, more dangerous for her than just floating in the ball.
0: Yeah, because yeah, it but- was shaking so violently. And she's like, I have
1: to get out of this thing. And then it, like, it crashes. and Yeah. Yeah. And um, in I read the Wikipedia page for the movie, and it said that Carl Sagan insisted that NASA did give cyanide capsules to their astronauts but no astronaut has ever actually confirmed oh, that that okay. was that that has happened and but Robert Zemeckis left it in because it was more true to Carl Sagan's vision so yeah they give her like the cyanide capsule and um I really like there's a scene and I've seen the movie multiple times. So I noticed this, but I don't know if you would pick up on it exactly if you hadn't seen the movie before, but there's, so she's, she's in the ball and it's becoming like this translucent, like the, this reaction is happening with the machine. That's like sending her through these wormholes. And there's a moment in the wormhole when she slows down where the, where the ball, like the pod she's in slows down and she looks around and she looks up and you can still see through the walls, like the girders of the thing spinning. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that she only went, like, just fell straight through. And, but I don't know if you, you didn't know that. So did you even notice like, oh, she's still in the spinning thing? Or did that even just go over your head? Because I, I didn't notice that the first few times I saw the movie, but I noticed it this time.
0: I think I did. Because I think I remember being like, oh, she's still in the spinner. Um, I don't think I like realize that she had fallen just through though of co- okay after of course re- yeah. yeah but i did i think i did notice it because i think i said out loud like oh weird she's still in the spinner you yeah know? i thought yeah. that was
1: a neat little reveal yeah but then i also liked how she was like um describing things verbally because mm-hmm. they made her wear like the camera on the audio thing and mike pointed this out which i thought was really interesting is that so when she finally gets to where she's at she's like it's so beautiful they never actually show us exactly what she's looking at and she's like it should have been a poet to describe it and he really liked how they don't we don't get to see what she's looking at because probably what she's looking at if they showed it would just not look as cool as she was like her emotional reaction to it yeah and I thought that that was an interesting point that I didn't think about and I like
0: that too yeah um that she that they didn't show it because I had a feeling that they weren't going to because like what you said it's like anything that she sees we can see it and be like I guess that's cool but like you're not seeing it from her eyes you know you're seeing it from a movie point of view so um yeah I like that she's like a celestial event and I was like what's happening I want to know you know I was like I want to see this But I think it's, I think sometimes that filmmakers are like show things like that, expecting their audience to be like, wowed. And it's like there is a time for subtlety, and and that time is now, you know? I mean, like in a situation like this where you cannot show this amazing, like this profoundly amazing event that is like, she's never going to witness anything like this ever again and she like has no words for it because it's just so incredible like there's no way that you can convey that you
1: know Mm -hmm. there's no way yeah and did you notice did you put together that where she was was the picture she drew of pensacola no i didn't i didn't but i love that yeah that's oh i
0: that whole scene made me like when like the like the dad or the figure was like walking towards her I had a feeling it was going to be her father and like they showed him like walking up and I went, no, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Cause I was like starting to get like really emotional over it. And I think I probably, I think I cried at, at that point. I was like, okay, yep. Everything's fine. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I'm like, we're on a journey here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I, I like that they had that, the dad, part of it you know because it was uh, that they presented it in a way that was like appealing to her you know um I like I I just I wanted so much more about Vega you know what I mean like I wanted to explore this planet like see the people there and like what kind of aliens they were but I like that it was also like we're here and we have noticed you and now it's time for you to go home you know and it wasn't like a it wasn't, it was just very quick,
1: you know? I like that too. And I like how they came to, as a figure that would be appealing for her. But some of it I was unsure about because I'm like, I don't know. I don't like the, like the fatherly affection he's showing to her because he's not actually her father, you know? So that kind of like, I'm on the that fence. That did kind of
0: like weird me out too. Because I was I was thinking about that as well. I was like, Sh- uh. I
1: accepted, <laughs> I liked that they came as, as uh, he came as her dad. Because yeah, right. you can't, and Mike and I talked about this too. Like you can't. Like a, a, an octopi or an octopus-looking alien creature probably would be jarring for a human. Oh, so I yeah, like that yeah. they, whatever species they are calling to them, they they come as that species. It seems mm-hmm. like and and something else I really liked is that the movie is so it's so easy to be like, oh, we need to explore this alien colony, but the movie is called, is about just first contact. Right. And I liked that they had the restraint to keep it at contact and how the alien, like the being said, you know, like, you know, someday we'll tell you more. And so I was, I was talking to Mike and I I thought that was interesting because Mike said something like people didn't believe her when she came back and, and everybody would think, you know, everybody thinks you're crazy because there's, you know, no other things happening. But I think like, something that I think is really neat is that, like, it would all build upon itself. Like, the first person, uh, James Woods, like, really laid into her, and I'm not sure why he was so adamant. Such a dick. But he really laid into her, and everybody thought she was crazy, but she knows the experience that she had. And then let's say a thousand years from now, they contact us again and we get an even bigger experience. And then a thousand years from there, an even bigger experience. And you'd be able to look down the line at history and be like, oh, they weren't crazy, but in their time they would be d- unbelieved, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's shows a lot of restraint for it to just be about contact. And I think that that's really neat. And, I think so um, too. Something I wanted to ask you about is something I didn't think about, but Mike brought up. It is that he thought that it would maybe be even more powerful for us never to see that scene on Vega. For us to just hear her telling about it. Because then we have to wonder, did it happen or did it not happen? And I agree with him. I never thought of that, but I agree with him. I think it would have been better for us to just not know what she saw, but we just have to believe her as the character. What do you think?
0: Um, I love stuff like that. So I probably would like that because I'd be like, well, did it happen or did it not? Because I I love, like, I love cliffhangers and anything really like you don't have to continue. Just leave it the way it is because I'm like, what happened? (laughs) I get so excited about it. So, you know, something like this where to them, everyone else, it was like an instantaneous drop. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, shit, everything malfunctioned. It didn't work, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what are you talking about? it totally worked like I went I left I fucking left the unit like the not the universe the yeah well the same galaxy were they solar not system. the universe yeah you're right sorry same, yeah I left the, I left the solar system because they're in the same galaxy yeah yeah I think Vega is still in the Milky Way galaxy yeah because um, I think they mentioned I think they mentioned it that's why I say anyway so she like I literally left the planet left the solar system and I traveled saw, light years away yeah like saw mm-hmm. something amazing but everyone's just like but are you full of shit and and I actually just I have a couple of things to say first of all I had a feeling and I, I just kept getting and I don't know if you felt the same way but I really got the feeling that like James Woods intentionally resigned from that previous position he had to go to this other position oh for sure just to like it almost seemed like he was trying to humiliate her. Yeah, and I don't really understand why. Like, right. Like, it was just, like, just, just because you don't have, like, control over the situation, you're just a fucking asshole. Like, I don't, I mean, that's, I guess that's the, that's the best way that I would describe it, is someone who is, loses control over a situation, so they just guilt and make other people look, like, ass, you know, like, could be. And-
1: but why... Because I I like the part when it's revealed that the footage that she captured was 18 hours of static. So the trip from Earth's perspective took 43 seconds. From the video that she captured, which was all static, was 18 hours, which she, I guess by mathematics, figured out how long she was probably gone for. Just, you know, and I wondered why that didn't come up at the little hearing. Like, why was that like, why was that information hidden from the hearing, you know? yeah. Uh, and-
0: That's a good question. But I, I like that it was because I like the reveal later. I like that Angela Bassett was like, so she was gone for this short amount of time. Then why is this footage 18 hours long? And James Woods was kind of like, <laughs> I'm like, mm. um. So I think that if they had done it where you don't see her going to Vega, and you just see her dropping and it looks like the whole thing malfunctioned, but then you find out later that there's 18 hours of static, that would have been, I think, really interesting. It yeah. would have been like, oh, wait, oh, shit, then maybe she did go. And so yeah. I don't mind that she did because just because of the way the movie was done. Um, I think I, I liked that part, but I definitely think that would have made uh, a much more interesting film it's like that when I told you about the um the exorcism of Emily Rose that movie where there's like you're like is it psychological or was it a demon and you and you just don't know as the viewer and they keep you kind of like in this the spot where you're like I, I'm really not sure I really don't know yeah that's, that's that would have good. been an interesting way to do it yeah
1: I am kind of bothered by the fact that they built this alien technology and none of them knew how it worked and they were so quick to say it malfunctioned did not believe her because I'm like this is new, like, why wouldn't you just accept the fact that, like, oh, okay, it's a portal, and time moved differently, like, you've got schematics from Vega, through the old, like, Hitler broadcasts, like, Hitler opening the Olympic Games, and this is when you start questioning things, it's, like, when, you know, and, and I mentioned to people, like, why couldn't they just send somebody else through, but he mentioned that it's probably, like, trillions of dollars, and, you know, so that makes sense, but it's, like, I don't know why they just suddenly stopped believing her and I thought that that it, as a, in a movie that is really really good I thought that's kind of like a weak point that I didn't fully get but I liked that Matthew McConaughey vocally supported her at the end I thought that was really good.
0: I think it made sense for how we are as a society for people <laughs> to not believe her. Yeah. Um, I I was pretty much totally on board with that. I was like yep yeah, that sounds about right <laughs> to me. Um, and you know what I mean? Because that, that stuff like that happens all the time, especially in a situation like this where someone's gone for 43 seconds but is, like, claiming that they saw all these wonderful, amazing things. And so you're like, really? Did you? You know what I mean? Like, its mm-hmm. I can see why someone would be like, um, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you had a great time in Vega. You know, like, <laughs> you're so full of shit. But I, you, are, you do have a point, though, where it's like all this information all this data data whatever I kind of like pronouncing it data I don't know it's like the British way um all this data has like been shown and like they've had all this information in thousands of thousands of of pieces of of paper of data and like and and everyone's just so quick to go. Oh no, you're full of shit. But I also think it's like no, it it's logical too because that that just seems right as like a species, we kind of just do that to each other. Yeah. Now here's know? my
1: other question: Did Haddon create it, or did it actually happen? Because I know that that's a thing oh. at the end where James Woods sort of says like Haddon has had the ability. To do all this stuff, and he was the one who discovered how the schematics fit together. So he created it, and she could, she could, she couldn't say that that wasn't necessarily the thing. And I personally think that it really happened. I don't think it's like a bait and switch I with Haddon. It, but I think it really it does raise too. an interesting question. Like, it's a compelling argument to think like did Haddon set it all up, but I don't think so. I don't think so, and I think the biggest
0: reason I don't think so is because this so this guy's trying to seek immortality if there's a chance that immortality is on vega he's going to want to go for it you know so i think i think it happened
1: yeah and i think she does say in the hearing she's like simulating a, si- a signal from vega would be impossible you know and but anyway it's yeah it's 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 an interesting because it raises all sorts of questions and i i like that
0: but also like I think it makes it hard to hard to quantify that it could be Haddon because of the 18 hours of static,
1: you know? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say if he's smart enough to do all that, he's smart enough to build in. I mean, that's true. But yeah. at the, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I don't think Haddon actually did it, but I like that it raises the question and we don't have any, we don't know. I liked him. He was, like, just this
0: weird kind of, like, like, quirky rich, rich man. Like, he's yeah. just, like. He's like, I'm super rich. Let me help you out. And then he's like, I'm in space right now because my <laughs> cancer is eating me. But if I'm in space, they won't eat me as fast. And I was like, I don't know if that's accurate, but he <laughs> was like, Okay. And well, I mean, you see him he passed away, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the film. But
1: um there was something about him that I was just like,
0: this guy's kinda cool. He is kind <laughs> of cool. Know?
1: He and I like that he had her back. Like he saw the injustice of how she just kept getting like pushed away from this project that she thought of like no one cared about it until it became a glorious discovery and then they keep trying to get her out of the way and I like how he was like I know how to get you back into the game and I really liked that me too and and that was an aspect that I thought like finally somebody sees the injustice and acts on it and
0: yeah yeah I mean, she worked so hard she mm-hmm. worked so hard to get notice to get the money to I mean, essentially, like, she's the heart and soul behind the project. Oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah,
1: she's the, it wouldn't exist without her, so yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you recommend the movie? I sure would. I wanted us to do it. I I like this movie a lot. You did. You mentioned it quite a few times. Yeah, and we kept getting, like, suggestions for movies from people and we kept like moving the timeline of like the schedule around and i'm like we got to make sure we do contact so
0: <laughs> yeah yes.
1: yes i r- i really like we this are, movie
0: <laughs> we are going to be working on those uh those recommended movies yeah yeah the next couple weeks so so you will see your your hang rec- in there your, your question or ask for a movie whatever yes but <laughs>
1: i d- i would recommend this movie a thousand times i mm. think it's it's so deep and it's really good sound design, really good story. Jodie Foster's awesome. Matthew McConaughey is awesome. Just, yeah. It's, it's a two thumbs up for me. Would you recommend it?
0: Yes. Yes. I liked it a lot. Um, as I said, it made me very emotional. Um, and I, you know, I think it's, I think there's, there's a few movies that I feel like reside close to my heart and I feel like this could be one, you know what I mean? yeah um and it's just it, there's something about this movie that really spoke to me and yeah definitely for sure i'd recommend it yay <laughs> okay so anyway you can follow us on instagram at watches and movies and facebook at watches and movies and subscribe and follow us guys because then you get to see all the new stuff that we're going to be doing and we announce it like a week before um you know, so you can be like, oh, I wonder what movie they're doing next. Oh, I'll just check Facebook. Okay, awesome. They're doing whatever. So, you know, and uh, we're on like a bunch of different apps across the board. So make sure you subscribe and follow us to, on there so you can make that you can. I am <laughs> I'm like all over the place. So you can see our new episodes. And uh, we also have another Instagram called The Watchers Who Find Things where I just post like little, you know, whatever things i find funny about movies or tv shows and uh, if you like our podcast and you want us to review a movie uh, you know go on itunes and give us five stars and we will put the movie at the top of your list we do have these other recommendations we got to do first so it'll be about a month but you will definitely have yours done For sure. So, and thank you so much to Mike for the theme music.
1: Yes, his name is Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. Thank you, Mike.
0: Thank you, Mike. And I think that's it. Right? Yeah. Right. Bye bye. I always feel like I'm missing something. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs)